Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of It's Not Crypto with Brian Ross, powered by Our Town, Gwinnett Magazine. We are broadcasting live from the End Results Radio Network inside the Perimeter Roofing Studio from the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson Hotel, beautiful Stone Mountain, Georgia. So this is episode eight. So I did, I read, I mentioned last episode, most podcasts never get past episode seven. So I thought to myself, I'm not going out like that. Episode eight in the chamber. Away we go. So uh, again, I'm going to continue with building wealth through relationships. And again, it's not crypto is about me being 50 and advice that I would have for my 40-year-old self, my 30-year-old self, my 20-year-old self, and just some life philosophies and success principles that I think can help someone maybe just contemplate, quite possibly, maybe, a um, some things they want to see happen. You know, a quality of life, a zest, right? A charmed life is some of the really uh, <laughs> interesting uh, language and, and uh, wording that I've used in the past. So it will get either equally bad, if not worse. So what I'm going to talk about today is a little bit more on building wealth and just some, I think, tricks of the trade. Um, we all know that happiness equals expectations minus reality, right? So happiness equals expectations minus reality. So let's start from that. Let's that, let that be the foundation of, of you know, where we are working towards building wealth. And if you want to do that with people and through relationships, uh, here's some ideas on how to do that. I do have some uh, what I call B. Ross, you know, the five B. Ross unwritten business performance rules. I texted these one time to my CEO and I had a couple, I was probably three or four Michelob Ultras in and I just sent it to him and he never texted me back. And I'm like, well, Maybe I won't share those uh, again with my CEO, uh, but I'm going to share them with you. And so here's some B. Ross unwritten business performance rules. Uh, and it really applies to, I would think, most, if not all, different types of businesses. So one is, you know, if you're down, if you're having a tough year, tough quarter, you know, just pick a target that inspires you. Make that the charge, you know, for yourself, for your organization. It just keeps you in the game until your business is back on a growth trajectory. Number two, when you're up, this is when the business obviously is most fun. And so that's when it's fun, that's when it's engaging because you're building typically with people that you like and people that you wanna grow with. And so you, that's when you lean all the way in. That's when you make sure that those people are getting your very, very best, no matter what. Number three, Always uh, do everything in your power to have your yourself, your organization trending in the right direction before the next meeting, like before the next event, before the next, um, you know, the, the, the national meeting, you know, whatever it is. That's for promotional purposes, like recognition when you get there, and then also the momentum coming out really important so always do everything in your power to have you yourself your organization trending in the right direction before a meeting for promotional purposes and then obviously the momentum coming out of that so number four you know build into your psyche and and the culture of people that you work with that you always finish strong 
Like you always finish the calendar year on top. You, you always get results. It just allows the people that you're in business with to hopefully get paid to help the organization turn the corner. Anytime we go into the fourth quarter, last two weeks of Q4, it's just in the culture of the organization that I work with that we always finish strong. And then we always have a great Christmas. We always have a great New Year's. And then we come into Q1 in January, and we're just in a good spot. And so that's just something I think over time you can really build into your psyche. Like everything I do, I finish strong at everything I do. Number four, just do the unexpected. You know, as a, as a professional or a business person, you know, just do the unexpected where people always see you as someone who's adding value to their lives, not just professionally, but also personally. And, and what I mean by that is it sounds hokey. I have handwritten cards, like American Stationery is the company, and it just has my name at the top. So handwritten cards, um, kind of a lost art, you know, books, flowers, just simple things that I think still go a long way. Uh, in the lives of others and just the lives of, of people that you're in business with. So um, I mentioned before, my true belief when it comes to building wealth uh, for me personally has been relationships. And I say that because there's other things that I'm not as strong in. Like I was not a strong uh, person in math. Like I wasn't a strong finance person. I didn't, you know, I'm, I haven't always been the most uh, the best steward, you know, with my finances, I haven't always invested in the most wise way. And so for me, like I had to lean on my strengths. Like I had to play to my strengths, which is if I'm going to build some wealth, I need to do it with people. <laughs> and so I'm going to need people to help me uh, acquire, you know, some of the uh, fame and fortune and, and hopefully just a lifestyle that I, uh, that I kind of hope or aspire to. So uh, a couple of I don't know, interesting stories. You know, at one point, my wife on a Friday drove past a house. We lived in, you know, a, a certain area and it was a nice area, but it wasn't in a, in, it was almost like the wrong side of the tracks of the nice area, if that makes sense. And so she was driving by a house on a Friday, saw a sign, you know, emails me a link, you know, to this house on a Friday afternoon. I start clicking on the pictures and I'm like, wow, you know, like that's beautiful. Like that's incredible. Um, look at that. There's a, there's a, like almost like a pool house or a guest house, like an office out of there. I never had a pool growing up. So it's just like, wow, this is really, and then obviously the price tag was like, wow, also wow. And so it was just, we were over our skis, you know, but I just had some people that I could reach out to and I could say things like, I need your help. Here's my situation. And I think I've mentioned that before in a previous episode. Anytime you are seeking support, encouragement, uh, accountability, you know, with someone that you know would like to help you or would like to see you do well, here's how it goes. I need your help. Here's my situation. And so we were able to do it. We were able to figure out the down payment. We were able to get the house. You know, we just finished, so that was nine years ago. Now we just finished a big renovation on the back. So 13 months, we went a construction loan route, you know, so we were able to use like the equity. It was at the very bottom of the mortgage interest rates. So basically you take your, your equity and they let you use that towards your project. You come up with the plans, you've got your contractor, they let you use that equity and then, you know, you, 
build the project. Now, obviously it went longer than it was supposed to. It cost a lot more than it was supposed to. Um, but we got it done. And then along the way, there were certain people that I had to reach out to for comps, for uh, appraisal purposes, all kinds of little situations where it was on a razor's edge, even just to qualify. And so now that it's done and it's, it's complete and we have an island in our kitchen, how about that? I'm going to be 50 in three weeks. And this is the first time in my life I've worked my whole life to have an island in my kitchen. And I'm like, this is so awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I digress. Um, I think that when you are, are committed to people and relationships and you're sincere in those relationships, that there is so much possible in relation to building wealth that sometimes we fail to realize. So it's just like, you know, this will lead to this, which will lead to this, which will lead to this. And you just don't know. Uh, there's definitely a reason that Ferris Bueller is my favorite movie. And not that, you know, he just got over on people. It was like people knew he cared. Like Ferris was genuine. Like he really was, I thought, uh, the real deal in terms of people. And also, you know, being able to move pieces on the board you know, through relationships. Um, in relation to self-talk, this is something I, I, this is my own. So uh, when I'm not feeling as good about my situation, um, this is something I came up with years ago. And it's basically, there's nothing I could have done any better up to this point to get to this point by Brian Ross. There's nothing I could have done up to this point, there's nothing I could have done any better up to this point to get to this point. So there's your, your B-Ross zinger for the day. Uh, and that applies to my credit score. So I was thinking about that. I've talked with a lot of young people recently about, hey, your, your credit score is important. You know, you can't go to sleep on your credit score. And, you know, I think back, I think back to like why that was important to me. And it was important to me because I didn't have money. And so it's like sometimes when people don't have money, the credit score is the only thing you've got to kind of work towards to kind of keep that, you know, as high as possible so that when you do have money, you know, that kind of works together. So just kind of young people, um, pay your bills on time, best you can, and, uh, and make sure that's not something that uh, trips you up later in life because your biggest purchases in life, you know, most of those type purchases will involve um your credit score. I won't share my credit score with you unless you really want me to. Francis, you want to take a guess? 850. That's the highest possible score you can get. So that's not my score. 824. So yeah. <laughs> the price is right without going over. Showcase showdown. Uh, please have your pet spayed or neutered. Thank you. Um, without your story, you know, who would you be? So, um, I was thinking about a book, like if I was going to write a book, the name, the title of my most recent unwritten book is not sure. So that when people said, Hey, what's the title of your book? Not sure. Well, what is it? Not sure. <laughs> and, I, and that applies to my life. Like I'm still not sure about things. Um, so yeah, that's something that, that, um, 
there's several books that are that are, have not been started that I have always thought would be good ones. My friend Sonny the Contractor, that's a good one. Uh, soon, Soon Meals, which is like something out of nothing. Soon, S O O N, something out of nothing. You ever go in the refrigerator and you're like, all right, I got to make something. It's a soon meal, something out of nothing. Cheers, take it. Um, going back to some wealth and, and building wealth, you know, your worth or your wealth is not defined by what you achieve or acquire. Uh, it's really a question of who you become and how you contribute to others. So your wealth is not defined by, you know, what you achieve or acquire. It's really a question of who you become, you know, and how you contribute to others. The rich paradigm. Now, this is also something I came up with uh, maybe two months ago. Lisa and I were in, at home. Uh, the girls were uh, at, a, at a Young Life uh, camp, like a, a two-night sleepover. And, um, and then our son was upstairs. He was already in bed. So we're watching um, The White Lotus, right, HBO. And I'm just sitting on the couch. And this is going to sound probably crazy to some people, but like growing up, to me, like people that were wealthy had like a, an extra refrigerator in their garage. I was like, wow, these people, look at all those drinks, you know, unbelievable. Uh, another sign of wealth when I was growing up was like, how does someone have a TV above their fireplace? Like, whoa, like where are the wires? You know, like I just couldn't believe like that's, these people are loaded, right? And so uh, here we are watching the White Lotus and I was thinking, you know, what's the meaningful difference between being rich and being wealthy? And I, and again, from my personal experience, I believe if you didn't grow up rich, but you build a lifestyle that would be considered rich, then you're truly wealthy. So what's the meaningful difference between rich and wealth? If you if you didn't grow up rich, but you built a lifestyle that would be considered rich, then you're truly wealthy. And again, this is not to, to put anybody else in a situation because most, you know, you don't know. I mean, you, you don't really control, you know, in terms of growing up your youth, you know, who your parents are, what they have, what they don't have. But if you grow up rich and build a lifestyle that's also rich, then you're still just rich, <laughs> right? Like you've always known that. That's the challenge that I think my wife and I have with, with our children is that, you know, obviously there's a big difference between being privileged and being spoiled, right? And so there's that, that that's kind of on a razor's edge. And so I just, The Rich Paradigm by Brian Ross. Um, I've told my kids this recently because they come to me with just like immediate requests. And I just say, listen, your lack of planning does not create my emergency. Listen, your lack of planning does not create, you know, my emergency. And you know, how do you how do you tell if someone's intelligent? And this was one that really got me. The only real test of intelligence. So, like, if you are you smart? Are you intelligent? The only real test of intelligence is if you get what you want out of life. I like that one. The, uh, the psychology of money. So what is the psychology of money? Uh, rich is the current income. Wealth is the income 
not spent. So rich is the current income. Wealth is the income not spent. Wealth is hard because it requires self-control. That's the tough one, right? You know, putting off for today for a better tomorrow. All right, so how do we get there? How do we, how do we, how, how do we stay on course? How do we make sure we're on track? Um, hey, there's no shortcuts. And, and we know that, that nobody can do our push-ups for us. So we just have to keep putting in the work. Like we just have to keep uh, making the effort. Uh, we just have to keep showing up. Uh, we just have to work hard. We have to have a great attitude. We have to keep doing the extra, you know, whatever that is for you um, personally or professionally. We have to keep the belief. Uh, we talked about that in our last episode. And I just want to share with everybody, your time will come. And so it's hard sometimes to be patient. But trust me, your wealth is waiting for you. I just started a new book, uh, Rocket Fuel. So a book recommendation, uh, Rocket Fuel. Off to, I think it's going to be very helpful you know, for my organization. Uh, Mark Twain once said, a person who won't read has no advantage over one who can't read. I'm like, damn, Mark Twain. Throwing out the knowledge, right? Another one of my favorite Mark Twain's is the naked man has very little, if not no, influence in society. Keep that in mind, Francis. Next time you think about streaking. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, listen, it's, it, we suddenly become more focused the day we realize no one's going to solve our problems for us. Uh, and that applies to wealth, right? Like, no one's going to, you know, create wealth for us. So we, that's when your focus is like, all right, it's either me or it's not happening. Um, and it's obviously surprising. Right? Like most people aim at nothing and hit it with surprising accuracy. You know, most people aim at nothing and hit it with surprising uh, accuracy. And, and, you know, success is, again, it has so many different labels and, and it looks different for everybody. If a lot of success, like 90% of success is just not getting distracted. And that's hard. And what's more hard in today's world with every single thing Every shiny object coming at us 100 miles an hour from a million different directions, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and not getting distracted. So our ability to focus on the task at hand, that's where we're building wealth. The 90% of the success in the building wealth nowadays is just not getting distracted as much as possible. Um, in my experience, um, any marginal wealth that I've been able to, to create or build uh, working with people or working through people. Here's some things, here's some qualities that I think um, have been helpful along the way that I continue to work on and will continue to, to work on. Uh, one is just patience. I've always um, told people, it's almost like self-talk, I have patience of steel. And I do, actually. I do have patience of steel. Uh, obviously, good communication your ability to relate to others, um, flexibility. I've shared before my philosophy is he who has the most flexibility has the most influence. So I'm not the hammer manager. You know, I'm not like the, you know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. 
Now, he who has the most, he or she who has the most flexibility has the most influence. There's always going to be trust, a genuine interest in others, your ability to listen. <laughs> if one of my kids is going to spend the night, I'll say, hey, what's most important? They go, listen twice as much as I talk. Or they're going to a party. I mean, it's like, hey, listen, don't be that person right out of the gate, right? Just read the room, right? Get, get a sense of, of what's going on. Listen twice as much as you talk. Um, use good judgment, empathy, be open-minded. Again, always be honest. Uh, our problem-solving skills with people is a talent. You know, it's a learned skill. Um, you know, I try and make people smile. You know, I always tell people with sales, if you make someone smile, they're going to give you five or ten minutes. If you make someone laugh, there's a very good chance you'll make a sale. Like that, your closing percentage goes up exponentially if you can get somebody to laugh. And a lot of times it takes you laughing, and then they can they feel like it's okay for them to laugh. So um, these are some compliments that I think sometimes can make people smile, uh, which is I appreciate the way you challenge me. Or you impress me daily. Or you are capable of doing amazing things. That's a brilliant question. You're doing amazing work. And I just want you to know, I truly appreciate the job you're doing. I believe in you fully. Add the pause. I believe in you fully. There's something called the common, common denominator of success. This is kind of a spin on that. But the biggest generator of long-term results is, again, just learning to do things when you don't feel like doing them. And that's hard, right? I'm just, Yeah. I wake up early, and I, I'm, I'm up before my alarm a lot, probably just nervous. I'm still anxious. I'm still like, like it could all go away. You know, like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I still feel like, all right, I'm not going to, I can't, no, no time to rest. This is, uh, this is it, one trip, yeah, one trip around the merry-go-round, so, Yeah. I just can't, I don't want my excuses um, to drive, or my emotions to drive my behavior. I just, I feel like I'm cheating myself if I do that. And I'm very emotional, and, you know, no, no question that um, a lot of my rationalizations, you know, come from that. But that's why I have a podcast. If I can project this into the world, if I can share it with you, it'll help me be better. So I try and put my excuses aside and start doing, you know, every day, just trying to do what I need to do. Um, a lot of times I'll tell people, hey, I'm not going to show you how to do it. I'm just going to tell you what needs to be done and then be impressed with your results. Like how to be the ultimate macro manager. <laughs> like I'm not a micromanager. I'm just, and I'm not going to show you how to do it. I'm just going to tell you what needs to be done and be impressed with your results. And then just watch. Watch what people do. It's incredible. Um, so again, if we keep putting in the work, we keep making the effort, we keep showing up, we keep working hard, the attitude, the extra, the belief, it's just, it's coming. It's all coming. And so everything we want with, with people, with, with, with relationships, with wealth, it's just, it's on the other side of consistency. Again, I'm approaching 50 like a runaway train, and I'm excited about it. 
Uh, I think like most men, I'm probably having somewhat of a midlife crisis. The good news is I'm not buying a Corvette uh, or a motorcycle. There's two things that I'm doing that I've never done before. Wait for it. Uh, number one, I'm reading the Bible. And yeah, you know, last year with a really tough, tragic situation in my family, um, in January, I started seeing a therapist, you know, and this guy is awesome. Imagine like a guy, he's 10 years older than me, and he looks like, like a gray, like beard and everything, a gray version of the most interesting man in the world. I'm like, dude, super smart, drives a BMW. You walk into his office, got all the books, you know, and the couch and the, and the leather and the cardigan. I'm like, I'm home. This guy is awesome. So yeah, he's kind of a Christian therapist. And so it's kind of the velvet hammer. And he's like, let's start with the Bible and the book of John. So I'm like, let's go. It's been cool. Uh, more, you know, with answers come more questions, right? Um, number two, I've never done this before. I'm taking piano lessons. <laughs> uh, I, I looked, I Googled this uh, piano teacher. She's the quintessential piano teacher. Thursday mornings are good for me. Uh, two miles, three miles from my kid's school. And so she's like, well, do you know how to play the piano? I'm like, no, ma'am. She's like, do you know how to read music? And I'm like, no, ma'am. She's like, have you ever taken piano lessons before? I said, no. She said, let's get started. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So, uh, yeah, two lessons in. I love it. You know how you always tell yourself, like, I'm not good at that. Or I don't have, like, I would, I remember growing up, like, I can, I'm a, I, I'm fast, but I can't run long distances. Now I run long distances all the time. It's just a story in my head. That's not the reality of my situation. I've always told myself, I don't have um, an ear for music. Or I don't have any musical inclination. Two lessons in, I'm a star student. I can't wait for my first recital, and I'm going to have the tux with the tails. Probably a bunch of 11 and 12-year-olds, right? It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to play It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas by December of 2023. You heard it here first. Um, I've got about two or three minutes left, and so I'm going to do something uh, on my podcast. I came up with another, I guess this is language. So this is going to be what I call a freestyle phone scroll which is just some additional notes that I've made in my phone recently that, um, you know, we can knock out the last two minutes of this. And again, it's just in the spirit of like, almost like a carpe diem, almost like a dead post society. Like, Hey, let's, let's do our best. Let's do our very, very best. If we passed away, the people we work with would have a conversation or there'd be a job posting 48 hours looking for your replacement. And so just let's remember our friends, our family, they never get that chance. So as much as we have to work and that's necessary, let's not ignore the relationships that are irreplaceable. Remember this one, waking up at four, waking up before 5 a.m. solves 99.9% of daily issues. And I would put that to the test if you don't believe me. So waking up before 5 a.m. solves 99.9% .9 of daily issues. I think that's, uh, again, that's kind of a try before you buy, but um, 
see what happens. Just remember, if we're not feeling good inside, it's just we're not, we know we're not reaching our potential. And when you're pushing hard and you're wanting to achieve as much as you can, you're going to feel good, even if the results aren't there yet. And just remember, you know, people that are acting crazy right now, a lot of times their behavior has a lot more to do with it, their internal struggle than it ever did with you. And that's where I recently have just learned a lot of grace. You know, again, maturity is just learning to walk away from people and just saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave them in whatever <laughs> delusional reality suits them best. And again, it. <laughs> Francis gave me, he's like, I like the mafia approach. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Just walk away in silence. They know what they did. Um, this is not me, but I thought this was funny. Every time a sporting event now, everybody's taking a picture. You can't go to a golf tournament. Everybody's taking a picture, right? Everybody's got on the phone. Now. Everybody's filming everything all the time, 24-7. So here's what I'm, I'm, my new approach. We don't take pictures. When you're wealthy, you just see it again. How about that? Like, and next, next golf, next, any event you go to, don't film anything. Don't take one picture and just be of the mindset. We don't take pictures. I don't take pictures. When you're wealthy, you just see it again. Hmm. All right. Last 60 seconds. Let me see if I can get a really good one here for you. The freestyle phone scroll. Another one. Remember with money, if we're doing something primarily for money and without a real emotional commitment, it's not going to translate into, it will translate into something that just lacks a soul and, and it has no connection to you. Um, you know, we don't win by doing our best. We have to win by doing what's required. And that's sometimes hard. That's a, sometimes a tough pill to swallow, tough pill to swallow. And sometimes that means your, your best just needs to get better. Like that's something from my, my again, my founder. He say, don't be bitter, be better. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But that's it, right? Like we're not going to achieve as much as we want in life if we're in survival mode. So to close, let's, let's, let's make sure we fix our health. Let's fix our finances. And then we all have room to pursue our greater ambitions. That's episode eight. That's what I appreciate about the opportunity to um, speak and have this platform. So I want to thank you. Again, I'm, I'm heartfelt uh, thanking you for uh, tuning in to another episode of It's Not Crypto. This is the end results radio network. We're inside the perimeter roofing studio from the country and suites here at Radisson. Uh, beautiful Stone Mountain, Georgia. Please stay tuned for upcoming shows. Listen to the past shows by visiting www.endresultswithaz.com or just simply click on the current shows button and that'll take you where you need to go. So until next time, my name is Brian Ross. This is It's Not Crypto. Away we go.